Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Daja Kasubo probably swears like a sailor. When she wants to. We can too. When we want to. So if you're not a sailor, please listen at your discretion. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Ollie. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 5 of Cold Fire. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's find some teachers. Chapter 5, again, opens with Nia and Jory working, waking Daja to go skating. And that goes kind of like you'd expect she does okay and then crashes again then they go to find teachers for the girls they go back to comic oakborn's shop and they tour it with nia uh she meets arnon who is sort of about as high as you get underneath him and he's like oh arnon would be the person who's actually teaching nia and while they're there, Jory gets bored and she's like, ah, this is boring. I don't like carpentry. Bye. And she goes and returns to sit in the sleigh. And then Nia decides that she wants to study at Oakborn's shop. And Daja's like, you, you should talk to the other teachers first. And Oakborn is like, you should talk to the other teachers first. She's right. And Nia's like, no, no, I'm good. And uh, after some kerfuffle, Daja finally goes, fine then she returns back to the sleigh where she finds jory is talking to morachain ladradan who jory knows as auntie morachain morachain is horrified that nia and jory are choosing their own teachers and daja finally gets rid of her by putting on her haughty mage gavel that she learned from crane they have an interesting conversation where Jory mentions that she is aware that Mora Chain treats everybody else like shit. But for some reason, Jory is Jory and Nia are like the two people that she's nice to. And so she's kind of like uncomfortable with it, but she also has a good relationship with this person. And then by the end of the chapter, they visit every cook mage in Kugisko, and Jory is like, no, no, no. And with the sun going down. She finally admits that she wants to study with the famous Elenica Potcracker, who used to cook for the Empress of Namorn until she found religion. And now she lives in 
or she works at least in Blackfly Bog, uh, where she runs a hospital and the hospital kitchen. And Blackfly Bog, if you haven't guessed from the name, is not supposed to be the nicest part of town. And Serge doesn't really want to go there, but Daja is exhausted and like, fine, let's go check this lady out and see. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. What did you guys like and not like about the chapter? Mora Chain. Yes. I'm going to file Mora Chain under dislike and, I don't know, it's ice skating under like. There we it, go. It, it, it's safe to say that through the rest of the book, the likes will be ice skating and the dislikes will be Mora Chain. Yes. <laughs> just a safe assumption at this point I like the idea that Daja right in the beginning Daja rarely gets caught by surprise the same way twice so as soon as she heard the like door lock jiggle on her door she's like oh god these kids uh, she was well aware of what was about to happen and that she was about to get sort of beat up by them but not on purpose that kind of leads into the next one that uh, Jory pretending to be innocent about the skating. Like, yeah, they are teaching her how to skate, but also maybe they're not being, they're enjoying watching her struggle uh, because they are, you know, now going to be taught by her. And I'm sure that's interrupted whatever plans they may have had. And, you know, children hate, uh, having to do stuff that they're told so getting a little back you know at her in a relatively friendly way you know i'm sure they don't feel bad about that they are 12 dodge's line where she says if this is how old people feel i don't like it amen i resemble that remark oh fucking mood (laughs) the weather mages in this uh, book series are kind of like our weathermen. They're not always correct. Daja referring to Morachain. Daja's mother was right. Uh, If you make the same nasty face, one day it will stick. And we already talked about this one, but uh, Daja channeling Dedicate Crane and her saying that she, 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 she was hoping that she'd never ever have to do this. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I wrote... Apparently, Daja learned something from Crane, too. I'm sure he would disapprove of that female. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I bet. Serge announcing when Jory said that she wanted to go into the less nice district, uh, I am doomed. Colborn will use my blood to strengthen his gold and make my skull into a chalice. I love Serge, though. I do love the the addition of Papa wouldn't put blood and gold. It wouldn't be good for it. <laughs> yeah. So no, don't worry. He won't do it for practical reasons. Don't worry. And my last one, uh, I think it might just be because I saw this video pretty recently. When Jory is describing um, that the goddess visited Olenik, Olenika Podcracker to like warn her that... Um, she was going to be betrayed to uh, whatever happened with the Empress when she got poisoned. That story was just kind of hearsay from a play that happened. 
And it reminded me of a video by Jacob Geller on YouTube called The Men Who Couldn't Stop Crying and Other Bright Unbearable Realities, where he talks about how myths and stories kind of start and how eventually if you repeat one long enough, it kind of just becomes actual history. And his first example was talking about the arrival of the train at La Chotat, which was one of those silent, one of the first like silent films that came out. And it's supposed to be like cinema's founding myth. There's this silent film, there's people watching it in a dark room, and the, the movie, it's only a couple, like less than a minute long, but it has a train coming right at you, like right at the people. And the story is, is that people were so amazed and afraid of this that they thought the train was actually going to come out of the screen and crush them. And it's just, it's, it's a myth because it didn't actually happen. There are like contemporary reports of, there were like reviews of people explaining it that way, but no one actually freaked out and it didn't actually happen. But because those stories have just been told over and over and over, it's essentially just regarded as truth now. I actually had a thought on that one too. I really like how Daja phrases it, where it says, gods could do as they wanted, but visiting their worshippers seemed very irregular. That's actually one of the things that I really like about this series of books. We see all of these gods that people worship, but it's very much like our life. Like people believe in them, they worship them, but they don't really interact. Gods are doing their own thing. Pierce's Tortal books, we sometimes run into the gods more often. This is this is one of the reasons I like this series a little more than those is the mundanity and the normality of it. Yeah, you don't you don't need to have you know gods in the story to make a story interesting or anything. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is kind of like in our world, like when you hear a story of someone being visited by God or an angel or something, it's kind of a big deal. Kamek is uh, pointing out Arnon, and Arnon is working on this elaborate piece, and. Uh, Kamek's like, I have to let him get one of these fancy pieces out of his system now and then. The rest of the time, he makes the best barrels and axle trees money can buy. Daja is like, Arnon reminded her of Briar, who went from weeding temple fields to shaping miniature trees, not just to fit them for magic, but because there was loveliness in the tree itself. They love doing the things that they do so much that it's not just work for them. They are making art. And it's really cool. I would have loved to have seen this, but Daja is not petty, <laughs> which is sad sometimes. But uh, she toyed with melting the woman's gold uh, coat buttons and her elegant ruby and gold earrings, but knew such a petty revenge was beneath her. If this would have been any of the other three, this would have totally happened. And they would it would have done it. Beautiful. They would have done it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, for sure. But and then Maura Chain would have known to call her by to call her by her proper mage title. Right. Right. (laughs) Bitch, I am a mage. Yeah, I didn't sleep my way to this status. I like that she tells um, Jory after she went off on uh, the bitch lady. That was what Briar calls snooty mage jabber. <laughs> Daja replied with a rueful smile. I love that Briar seems to have made his way into every other book. He's the most relatable uh, character to me. So it makes <laughs> me very happy. Most of mine is just snappy quotes. Stiff with pain in places she hadn't known she could hurt. I know that feeling. Do Ooh. not borrow trouble. Great idiom. I want to use it all the time. 
also Daja and Jory talking. Jory says she's trying really hard and Daja responds, and you are really trying. <laughs> I really, so I know Daja doesn't really like Oathborn, but I do like him. And one of the things that I like about him is that he outright tells Nia, like, no, you shouldn't just decide to stay here. You should go meet the other teachers first. Like, good for him. He's just, he just seems like a pretty down to earth sort of guy. I like him. I know that, like, I know Dasha gets offended on Nia's behalf because of his, like, comment about rich people. I'm pretty sure that something happens later in the book that gave me an idea of where that may or may not have come from. Obviously, we'll get there when we get to I it. I don't know. I feel like if it would have been Jory that had the carpentry magic, his prediction may have come true. Yeah. Yeah. But Jory's just difficult in general. When Daja is talking to Mora Chain, she like lists off smith tools or something in her head the same way that briar lists off um uses for certain plants when he's talking to jubahuba i love that the same strategy i'm sure they were the same person most likely larker rosethorn and then just uh all of mora chain's shit about oh kids can't make decisions reminded me a lot of lady zanadia talking to evie and like oh no let us do all of that for you and you'll just follow along like a good little puppy dog now and it was just like well if you never let your children ever make decisions how will they ever learn how to make decisions so my first one is actually a dislike um daja talking about uh or Daja being like she was a big, strong girl, not graceful, not elegant. And usually she liked it, but she sometimes wanted that little, uh, that little, uh, that little elegance, it says. That is such a mood, though. And I'm I just like. I understand that from the opposite side of it. I sometimes wish I was a big, strong woman. Like, as as someone who has a lot of body issues, I don't like my body most days. And so, like, this really hits differently for me, like, because I relate to this. And mm-hmm. because I'm not as delicate as people think I should be and I'm not timid or passive and sometimes that's not good and sometimes I wish I had that like ability to be delicate or be graceful and yeah no that that hits that that hits in a particular way that makes me very sad that like I know people feel that regularly and uh-huh. it just makes me sad that people don't love themselves <laughs> because everybody is beautiful and like holy shit <laughs> like I just want everyone to know that they are beautiful and when they talk about things that they like their whole face lights up and it's the most gorgeous thing on the face of the planet And some people have the best smiles or the most infectious laughs and like, holy shit. This is me speaking on a different level here. Everybody is beautiful. They have something that just makes them perfect. Like, holy shit. 
Sorry, like Lovely, I hate we that. love you. <laughs> <laughs> like I I was this this actually happened really interest like recently. I went Tumblr and I reblogged something from Sunny and Molly knows who Sunny is. Well like it was the what's the biggest green light about the person you're reblogging this from? Uh, three, two, one, go. And my comment, like, was my man has the best laugh. And also, they are so supportive. And it's beautiful. And, like, he actually messaged me. And he's like, I'm always, like, super self-conscious about my laugh. So, like, Aww. thank you. That really made me feel good. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand like, when you laugh, like, I want to laugh, too. Like, it's just, ah, uh, people are so beautiful. And, like, <laughs> like, even if you don't see it, somebody sees it. And somebody, somebody thinks that you're beautiful. <laughs> even if it's not, like, a, a romantic thing or, like, someone that you know, like, you can pass someone on the street and, like, smile at them and like four days later they're like that person made my day this is Indy saying love yourself <laughs> like just do love yourself because you're you are beautiful like yeah sorry I went off on a huge tangent there my bad <laughs> I have strong feelings and I didn't realize I would go off on that much of a tangent <laughs> you're good we love your tan. We love your tangents. <laughs> I have some good ones, but I feel like that one is important. Mm -hmm. I know I've said it before, but I still stand by it. It it bears repeating. Yes. Um, another one that makes me very sad and is also a dislike is what happened to ambient mages who never found teachers. Did they even know what they were missing? I'm I'm a huge supporter of arts. I think everybody has a talent, whether it be music or drawing or painting or writing or whatever. You have an art that you're good at. And this also goes to cooking because cooking is an art. <laughs> Someone who doesn't like have the ability to practice their art or, you know, we we trivialize art, especially in school. We focus primarily on science and math and English, and that's it. We don't talk about the arts, because if you're doing art, you're wasting your life. <laughs> that's not true. Like, try new things. Always try new things, because, like, you never know, and holy shit <laughs> like uh that makes me so sad we're going to go to something much better i'd as soon as i'd as soon be related to a shark <laughs> there we go i'm gonna go <laughs> that is saying a lot coming from a trader shipwreck hold on Oh, okay, so you made it no. lighthearted to sad again. Oh my god, my goodness. Oh my god. Uh, See, 
mean, there's just so many good lines in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I you know, before we move on too much further, uh, Indy, you made me like literally just have an epiphany right now, like straight up, like because I've always considered myself really bad at like traditional art. Like I can't draw. I don't write. I don't do any of that sort of like traditionally artistic stuff. But I can cook. Yes, uh, you can. And that you sure can. Thank you. I, I I guess that's my art because I never really considered that art, but I guess that's probably what it is because like I always say like I don't have an artistic bone in my body and because I just, you know, never really considered it that way, but Well, sir, you do. <laughs> Thank you. Horsewin, <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> Cooking is an art. I'm like, gonna start oh. calling you Gorswin now. Gorswin. You, you could just call me Goodwin. That that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, no. It, uh, wow, that literally just like changed my world a little bit. So, thank you for that. I am fucking spitting truths tonight. Here Damn, you go. For, for real. <laughs> um, if we die, I blame you. I have said that so many times. Something that I really like is good world building. Uh, talking about the gods. At least they are to my people in the beyond after you die. Traitor wears Traitor weighs your life on his gold scales and the bookkeeper writes down what you owe. Um, in Egyptian mythology, uh, Anubis weighs your heart on his scales. And uh, I cannot think of his name, but he's the heron. And he writes down every every life from beginning to end and what they have done and what they will do and it's just I I love that kind of world building where it relates back to like our mythology and also the talking about it's good manners to pay what you owe to your adopted family's god or gods like I, I really also like that um I have a really good friend who is actually Asa True, and there there's a lot of controversy about that faith in general. And as someone who knows my friend really well and knows that he punched a white supremacist in the face, Um, I can say with utmost certainty that he does not buy into the same belief system um, that people who claim they're Asa True. But that's not my faith. That's not where I lie. But as as someone who follows that faith, like I feel that connection to pay homage to their God. It's it's good manners to be like you know. I I appreciate your God for what they've done for you. I might not believe in them, but you do. You have a strong faith. I support that. 
because everybody has to believe in something or you will fall for everything isn't that it that isn't that the saying if you believe in nothing you will fall for everything yep or fall for anything and then the last one is Daja saying a taste of the real world wouldn't hurt Jory in the least I know some people would need that dose of reality If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talk that this is where we talk about a theme or a message that we found in the chapter. 
What theme or message did you find? My theme is control. The girls are actually getting control this time around. They're actually getting to make their own choices on who they want as a teacher, which they don't get to control anything else in their lives, it sounds like. It sounds like their parents control everything else. And then we see control again with the mom. Maura Chen? Yeah, that's the one. I, um, I feel like we need to specify because Jory and Nia also have a mom. She also has control. He tries to say it's about family, but from the previous chapter, we can tell that her loving her family is control over Ben. It's not about love and caring and all that. The theme that I got out of this was older doesn't always mean wiser. Canock mm. uh, uh, was wrong about Nia, straight up. She is knowledgeable about wood and tools and stuff. She got almost everything right when he was asking her. And we know that she is definitely going to be dedicated to this, at least as opposed to, you know, the traditional rich young mage who would maybe take this on as a lark or, like he said, might do it for a couple of weeks and then leave. I don't see that with Nia. Maybe Jory. Jory might be like that, but that's only because she is extra and difficult. Not that there's well, anything wrong with that, but she seems a little less dedicated. And notice in the last chapter, the last chapter ended with Daja telling the girls that they would get to pick their teachers, and the parents are like, okay, you have to think carefully and make a decision carefully because you can't just change your mind willy-nilly. While Cole is saying this, he looks pointedly at Jory. He's not worried about Nia. Mm -hmm. He's like, nah, Nia's got this. She's dedicated. She's going to figure it out. Jory, though, is going to be all over the place. That's so, that's like I, I, when you get your siblings together or like, you know, when, you're, when your parents try to talk to you about like somebody left the kitchen, like the door unlocked or something. And like, you know, they say it to everybody because it's kind of, you know, Everyone should know yeah. this, but they're like really actually directing it at the person who they think actually did it. But yeah, uh, that was that was uh, half of it. Canuck was wrong. We I think we all know that uh, Nia is going to be pretty good at that, uh, and she knew she belonged there. Meanwhile, Amora, who is also older, uh, is dead wrong about children needing to take the advice of their parents. Maybe when you're a child, it's probably a little better, but not as a full-grown adult like she does with her own sub like it's maybe not a bad idea just to like try to you know learn from other people's experience but the way that she puts it is very uh possessive and selfish i think mine kind of tied in with Brittany's a little bit but in a different way because mine was patience, because Daja has such a tight rein on her anger and these kids are really putting her through her paces on being patient she's having to deal with more chain and that whole mess and she's not completely losing her mind like say Triss or she certainly wasn't like her foster sister Triss who went up in an ex like an explosive boom dust if anyone disagreed with her or even like Sandry, who sprang to battle the moment she thought someone was treated badly. Daja is very level-headed, very patient, and I love that these kids are really, really testing that patience. 
I wrote careful thought. The girls are told to think carefully about who their teacher should be. And we butt into that, like, of whether Nia is or is not. I really like the contrast of the previous chapter. Cole pointedly says to Jory, like, don't just go picking the first person and then thinking you can change your mind. And then Nia's the one who does it. And then I feel like even Jory has already carefully thought about who she wants to study from. She just hasn't brought it up, probably because she feels like she's just going to get told no. And Daja carefully thinking about the way in which to dispose of Mora Chain, they can get on with their lives. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. The thing you put off doing is the thing you pay for most. I don't remember if that's the direct quote from the book or if it's a close paraphrase, but uh, yeah, I'm really good at putting stuff off. I feel like I need to like stitch that on something and post it everywhere I can see it. So remember that. Because it's so true. Like you you put things off and then um, and then you will sometimes literally end up paying more for them. Yeah. You know, oh. I didn't book, I still haven't booked my plane ticket. Oh, fuck. Now it costs $200 more. Uh, my personal magic. Sometimes you gotta be a Karen to beat a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need to put on that very professional voice. And even if you don't actually have any... Um, let's say power over someone else just using like a confident loud clear instructive voice can help you get out of like sticky situations with people that are being assholes pretty sure i've used this example before um but uh it reminded me of when uh in my line of work i got in a i guess you could say a dispute it didn't get very far because the other agent doesn't know how to do their job but uh, or read contracts, but um, he didn't do his job correctly and then tried to pin it on me. And then when I just, you know, very clearly stated, hey, I'm willing to make this right if you are, but I'm not doing it because I like you. I'm doing it because I'd rather just get this over and done with and I don't have time to play games with you. Using a very professional sounding, almost like legal thing that you're actually talking about and being very clear with what you mean kind of helped me avoid like losing out on some money, which is nice. Um, but the guy, you know, it, it wouldn't have been an issue even if he had kind of gone further up the chain uh, because the guy didn't know how to do his job. But just, you know, I did save a lot of time just talking very clearly and directly with him it just saved me a bunch of time and headache from like, you know, instead of just sending emails, just talk to a person firmly and, you know, don't be bullied by Karen's give back a little bit of what you're getting. Um, but yeah, that's it. Were you going to say something, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll go ahead and go. Um, mine is don't underestimate people. We got this from the line where Kimmick is testing Nia to see what she knows. And he looks at Daja and tells her, she knows more than I expected. And I came across this some 
this week, my daughter's going to have her first spelling test. Well, was supposed to have her first spelling test this Friday, but now school's closed. So she gave me the list. It's like 13 words. And so I was going to test her on them and then see what she knew. That way I could make her write them a thousand times if she didn't know it. Not, not that many times. But anyway, um, and even to myself, I was like, she probably won't know very many of them. So she's going to end up having to write a bunch of them. And Stephen was like, well, don't even test her. She'll probably not even know them. So go ahead and just have her write them. I'm like, well, I want to have her. I want to test her first. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever. So I tested her and she got most of them right. She maybe got like two or three of them wrong. And it was because she put a B instead of a D because she has a little bit of trouble uh, remembering which direction the little bubble on the B or D goes. So, but she got most of them right. I don't want to underestimate my child anymore uh, give her some uh, confidence and she knows more than I think she knows so don't underestimate people she's a smart cookie just like her mother no one stole either of mine hmm. so holy shit Brittany brought this up in the like section Arnon reminded her of Briar, who went from weeding temple fields to shaping miniature trees, not just to fit them for magic, but because there was loveliness in the tree itself. It kind of goes back to the art thing. And and there's a, another statement of letting Arnon get these big, elegant pieces out of the way every now and then, because you kind of have to practice your art in order to be good at it and I suck at practicing my art I get super excited about it and then like I'll put it down for two and a half months and then pick it up again and be like oh hey I have forgotten how to English uh how do you write words (laughs) (laughs) how do you make music I don't understand. But yeah, the uh, kind of practicing your art is what I take out of that because there's beauty in art and you need to create pretty things because, yeah, and I am horrible at that. So I need to remember to practice my art. And the other one is traitors take the burden they are given. I have a tattoo on my side that says more weight. A little bit of history. Giles Corey was the only case of pressing in the United States. And this was one of the first people tried in the Salem witchcraft trial. And basically what happened was he knew if he said that he wasn't guilty that he would have everything taken and they would find a way to make him guilty. And if he pled guilty, they were going to kill him. And more or less, all of his possessions would be taken by the city and by the, you know, small government that had formed. His family would have nothing. They would be turned out on the street and shamed and would have to find a way to pick up their lives afterwards. So he 
didn't interplay. He refused. I'm not going to get into the graphic details of how pressing goes, but more or less, you are put between two boards and stones are put on top and they steadily pile more and more stones on there until, you know, you are crushed to death. And every time he was asked to enter a plea, and they did this multiple times, he refused, and his last words were, more weight. He's, he was like, I'm not playing this, because this is never going to go well if I say anything. So, more weight. And that tattoo that I have is kind of a reminder of keep your head down, push through. And sometimes you have to, shit sucks. And it's hard. Sometimes you just have to carry that weight. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter in the book. So this is an ex- this is an excerpt from chapter six of Cold Fire. And I can barely contain myself. <laughs> the poles were stacked in a corner. They were smooth stakes about five feet long, probably used to replace handles and mops and brooms when the old ones wore out. All were smoothed down, so she didn't have to worry about splinters. All were made of sound wood, so she didn't have to worry about them breaking in mid-strike. They were absurdly light after her own staff, but her own comfort was not the point. Jaja had chosen three when she heard a woman scream. She dropped her poles and headed toward the screams at a dead run, imagining fire, assassins, rats. She burst into the kitchen. Anusa the cook and Varesha the housekeeper, half-dressed, arrived from the servants' quarters as she did. A maid cowered against one of the long tables, still screaming, as Varesha and Anusa converged on her. She pointed at the great fireplace, burst into tears, and hid her face in her hands. Daja had been wrong to expect a cold and lifeless kitchen. The sheer size of the fire that roared in the hearth told her that it had burned long enough to make the room deliciously warm. At the heart of the blaze sat Frost Pine, back to the room, legs crossed, hands palm up on his knees, eyes closed. He was so deep in meditation that he hadn't even heard the maid's screams. His masses of hair and beard fluttered in the flame's caress. His clothes for the day were neatly folded on a stool and placed beside the hearth. Daja's mouth twitched. Noise made her turn. More people entered the kitchen, most still wearing nightclothes. Anusa and the housekeeper, standing with the hysterical maid between them, drew close to stare. Jory and Nia must have galloped down from the third floor. They peered around the maid's eyes wide. Footmen arrived in nightshirts, demanding to know what the fuss was about. Daja's mouth twitched again. She sternly forbade herself to smile and walked over to the hearth. She wasn't sure if her shirt was one of Sandry's. To be safe, she thought one naked mage was all this household could stand. She put her hands palm to palm and pulled them apart. The flames between her and Frostpine split neatly. Leaning in, she placed her palm on his shoulder. Through their common magic, she said, Come back. Frostpine twisted to glare at her. He demanded, Can a man meditate? I thought you did that in your room, she said. 
frost pine. You're naked. Naked and warm, he said with a scowl. He hitched himself around until he faced Daja, doing it so expertly that he hardly disturbed the wood stacked around him. I can't get a decent fire going up there. The hearth's too small. So I thought I'd do everyone a favor and start the fire here. Did you tell anyone? Daja inquired. I meant to be gone by the time Frostpine looked past Daja to see the wide-eyed audience. A coy and shuri, he grumbled. I just wanted to get warm. Why didn't you put up a folding screen or let someone know? Daja asked. Then maybe the whole house would still be asleep right now. You'd think they never saw a naked man before, Frostpine grumbled. He crouched, then stepped carefully out of the blaze without scattering wood or ashes. He then used a poker to shove the burning wood in until it covered the place where he'd sat. Once done, he set the poker aside and began to dress. The maid was still sobbing. Other servants were backing out of the kitchen. This wasn't the magecraft they knew, a matter of potions, signs, and charms. They were unnerved. Only Anusa was unshaken. She looked Frost Pine over, hands on hips, a crooked smile on her lips. My cousin says mages are eunuchs. I wish he was here right now. Do you want breakfast? She asked Frost Pine as he put on his habit. He grinned. I'm ravenous, he admitted. And for the first time, and for the first time since I came here, I feel warm. Bravo, Frost Pine, bravo. <laughs> I also had to mute because I was laughing too goddamn because as soon as you started reading it, I was like, oh, that's where we're going. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. If you decide to set a fire in order to raise your self-esteem, send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. <laughs> Find yeah. pictures of our arson on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.